0: You are an immortal poet, and every so often you have to change your penum and writing style just a bit to avoid suspicion. At a book signing, a fan brings up a book for your signature, but it's a piece you wrote 1,400 years ago under a different name. I find myself wanting to change these things, so I'm glad you want to make your signature a permanent one and keep all your work on your wall. For the third year, I have been telling a story about this one book of mine. I'll give it a listen at the start of this post. I did try this year to keep the last two drafts, one by myself, one by myself the three years I actually used this book, in my collection. But with each new version, I was going to retweak the first with a new name. This year I had two. I've made a second copy here to save all of the books to my library, not including my other three. This one book I didn't actually have on hand, I decided to write that one as a last-minute project for myself before trying this year's. It doesn't say a book, it just says the one that you read in the previous decade. There are now three versions that fit into one book, one for self-publishing, another for self-publishing. The third has to do with my time as a teenager, but we'll leave that to this year's reader. For another year, I decided on a name for the new year on Kickstarter, but also to release the book and all of this stuff to the public, Just to keep the rest of it private. For any questions, comments, please email me here. This goes for what should feel like the three years I've been writing, now over a second after I started making the first drafts. A few important notes. Please use your credit card rather than the PayPal or Chase. I was looking for a publisher. So I was looking for a writer, and in my limited time, I have at least one. I've been reading a lot of the books, but still a lot of that I've never actually read. I need to keep all those books off my wall, but not a single book had sold in print in that time. But I also know that if I try harder to make money and can afford to keep all the other books in my collection, maybe some readers will consider buying that book. What kind of books, if any, do you like going to a book signing? Carrie, we have a lot of work to do on that, but we're taking some time from this and from this and from this. It will probably take a while longer than this has taken and will probably take longer than you would in this situation. But we have two key features coming, first, we're talking about having the whole world of this, and secondly, it's not going to be a lot of time before we get all of that together. If it were up to us, and then we could have had people saying okay we're going to do this, you'll be all over it, I can do this. There are some people who could go in there, and we won't be able to say, oh why not. I'm going to do this or this. So this is our job. This is the best we can do. And for us, that's as far as that goes to know. We are still working to finish the book and it will probably be much, much longer before we start doing any final chapters. But there is an area of the publishing community that does not really get any better than ours. People, if you are an industry person, you think we're all kind of getting behind people who think we can do better than us. What are some of the challenges on your part? How different are we from what is done on your book? How does the whole thing work? Carrie, there is no rush, but we are going to work very hard. It must be very fast, very fast to make our book happen. This is not just a new book, it's just our personal journey that has taken us over the years, and now we're able to get it to publishing. We are going to make our book happen. We are going to do everything, on and off and off. I say all this with this in my mind, but the challenge is the same. We already have the book written out, and that's why the publishers need to pay for it it helps raise awareness or support, so we can make our book happen. Everyone wants to see us make it happen but they also see us make it happen a lot differently. There will be some challenges as well, but for a book to get out into the world to have a very diverse audience and to make everyone think people are going to want to see it and to be able to do it. There will be some challenges as well, but for a book to get out into the world to have a very diverse audience and to make everyone think people are going to want to see it and to be able to do it. On that front however, I'm not very worried, not a lot of me have any worries at all. But it was really cool doing it. AVC, so there was a time when you decided to write something for the first issue, cause for a while you were talking about a book about you. Was that a long way from a decision to make on what you wanted to write for a while in there? HLS, no, I did it the same way I did my other books. That's the thing, you have to go to somewhere to write a book. Sometimes it's different, sometimes it's good. I'm trying to do all of that with the same amount of effort because that's my life and there's no one else going to be writing it because it just doesn't fit the way I want to write a novel. Advertisement. Continue reading below i try to say that, yeah, there is that. There was a time, you could read in that first issue, where I had all my work in, and there would be the next issue, where everything would come together, because if there wasn't an author in that year, then maybe I wouldn't go on and try to write it. I could just go on and do that as an introduction to myself. If I wrote something that was already available, I would just read that. In my life, I'm a writer, not an agent and if there wasn't a creator at the time and an author present, I would just write that and keep that. AVC, how much was that the goal to do this one at a time? Did that ever start to feel like a struggle? Was it the goal at all? HLS, a lot the time. No question. This is my whole life. I was a writer who was trying to create a genre novel that you read, so maybe it was a long way from taking advantage of my time but I always felt at a certain point that my work had to be interesting. When people write novels from my point of view, to me that's just saying more about you, because they want to read the novel to that point. What I want to do with the work is the book, and I want it to feel like what I'm telling people is a very important thing, and if it isn't interesting enough, maybe that's just my bad. The other thing I really like about it is the way the book is composed, and how it speaks to the book. I'm talking about a single piece of art. I'm really talking about creating stories in a way that can tell the reader something. In The Girl Who Shagged Me, the heroines go and do weird things like go after girls. We call these acts of heroism because, I believe, women will be found willing to go against the grain and just do something for the boy they are supposed to be the best at. Well, I feel this is a story that makes love to the girl, and I feel that it makes the entire city of New York feel like a town where you can play with and do weird things. That is a very interesting way of writing an American kind of novel. What I love most isn't the way that an old woman does things. I love the way that people say it. I have such a love for these places and things, I love that I've got an apartment at home with my kids. I don't like that. I just love that I could write something that was beautiful. What I'm more interested in is to show people where I've lived, and people who have moved on. AVC. If you could give someone a reason to want to create a book about them, what would that give them? HLS, they've put all of their effort into it already, now they're going to throw it out, they've got so much stuff sitting around. They'll just tell me, why do you want this? And then it might be more than a little confusing for them. It might seem complicated at first so they can go home and put it away. It might seem to make no difference. That may be a little frustrating. But hey, You know you can do some good work to make a good book and that kind of makes you happy. AVC, the book is just so big. You already told all the story. But for some reason, you need this book you can put online and try to write about, or at least write about, something you wanted to show people. In the end. AVC, the book is just so big. You already told all the story. But for some reason, you need this book you can put online and try to write about or at least write about, something you wanted to show people. In the end, that's how we're actually doing the writing, we're writing some of the most significant works of Shakespeare. AVC, the book is just so big. You already told all the story. But for some reason, you need this book you can put online and try to write about, or at least write about, something you wanted to show people. In the end, that's how we're actually doing the writing, we're writing some of the most significant works of Shakespeare. And the best work of Shakespeare in the whole series would never be published in the United States. And we want to write about it in the United States. But the way I see it, we want to start in the summer and stay in the summer and do it forever and, of course, it's not going to be on the shelves right away. But we want to end the series, we want to do whatever we want to do to create something that people will be going, if not, that they will. Advertisement. The idea is, you'll take it that there is something you want, some character you wanted to tell and have a story the viewers would like to see. And in addition to going out and doing it, we want to show you the first book in the series, so, you know, this is something that you can relate to and write about, and, of course, you could go see the other book that's just getting released, but there is something that will connect you right back to the book and tell somebody about it. Maybe have an open letter about it. Or at least, it's something you can't go to your local bookstore or your local bookstore because it's not relevant to you. AVC, and you wanted to be able to write about Shakespeare's work for the American audience, that's what the show was about? Mister, we were a little over a month away from launching this show, so we didn't really set the schedule before moving forward. So we did a lot of talking, we set out to start writing The Tempest for a reason, because so many people have been really surprised, that we were going to get the kind of book that people were really interested in and we were not going to go around and go to every new publisher we wanted to write about shakespeare and we wanted to have the audience to relate to it in a way with the book that they'll be going to watch and listen to and we wanted to take it to the next level there's one big misconception about the show but by the end of the month there are people looking through the books to see it they want it to be a book about shakespeare that people will love read and listen to There are people and ideas that will inspire thousands of people all across the world to come back, watch it for years to come. And we wanted to do that. AVC, did you give away a copy of the book, like that? Mister, yes, we did, but it wasn't actually written until we went to the store to do the rest of the preparation. Laughter. AVC, now the reason you tell this story is because the show is so amazing. I was reading the letters of William Shakespeare and I was like, wow, that's the kind of thing that you'd never hear in your life. Like Shakespeare? Oh yes. Mister, that's what I mean. I really love the thought of being able to talk about this book in your life and write about this story in your life. No matter how much you spend in your spare time, it's also wonderful to see books coming from places with a really distinctive culture and the people that are coming out in a way that is so unique. AVC, there's that same kind of love for the characters. These characters from the books that you're writing is there because the audience might feel that way at some point. Because we're actually really putting out all these interesting, really powerful books that people in the audience are going to read. But as much fun as the writing is, the character you're writing is so important. AVC, there's that same kind of love for the characters. These characters from the books that you're writing is there because the audience might feel that way at some point because we're actually really putting out all these interesting, really powerful books that people in the audience are going to read. But as much fun as the writing is, the character you're writing is so important. Our books are great fun to read, and there's a lot of good stuff that can go with it. And if you're not an avid reader, you're not going to enjoy it very much. A, absolutely. Q, and also, in part four, if you'll excuse me, it's not so much the writing themselves that makes this book awesome. Because after all, after all this series has been the way it has been for the past 4 years, you're probably doing yourself a favor and you're going to need to put as much effort into it as possible. A, well, I can only say, thank you so much for giving us what we needed and doing a fantastic job with it. Q, now, what's your plan now when you're off on your journey with this series? A, I've been thinking about doing all of this other stuff for a while, and I've done a little bit of a series for the past 4 years that I've done full-time, so it's very exciting. Q, so what do you do for a living? Do you just do part-time jobs? How do you go about doing that? A, well, I get to have fun, I get to play with my friends, I get to do lots of new things that I'm passionate about and stuff like that that's really fun for me. I think a lot of people around the world are doing this, and I think a lot of people are doing the same kind of thing that we do. Q. When you get to travel the world, how do you want to put it all together? A. You don't have to worry about it and get all done quickly. It is great for people outside of Africa and other parts of the world to come and do this kind of thing. It's great having a great local community, and there's great support, and the communities that come to South Africa are very great and amazing. Q. Can you tell us a bit of background on what you wanted to do for this book? A. Well, I wanted to follow the rules of doing the books in this way. So to get over this bit about not having to take on the rules or whatnot, because that's the way I wanted to be and that's what I think is great about all of the books, is that this book is set in the US, and in terms of a lot of other places, but also in New Zealand, Singapore and so on. So it's all about looking after ourselves and trying out stuff. So for example, it's set in South Africa. Cute, right. I've just mentioned that, you know there's this group of people, and each of the groups are fairly different. A, yeah, I think some of these people will try out different things on different islands, and some of them will still not have got the right answers to the questions. I think that's great. Q, and what was your initial idea about doing the book in this format, because you started with this character in Kenya? A, like, in the novel I don't know what the English word for man actually meant. If it means you, it means someone. I think about a lot of things in the book, but not everything, and that one thing is that I went where the first person and the second person was going. I went to a lot of small towns. But I just kind of thought that it was kind of a little bit weird for a young man, who lives in Johannesburg, and now he's in Johannesburg and he's got my dad. So I thought, man, if you want to play with the characters, then maybe one of them could make an interesting play. It might not be what you want to do in a novel, but it might appeal to you. Q. one of the interesting things about that is, that's where I read my first idea when I was 18, because I just spent 4 months in school. And yeah, I remember going to the library when I was 13, and talking to all kind of different people about it, and reading about my family. And I had fun learning that was the way that I played my game. That's also what you see a lot in our series. Hey, yeah, that's the kind of thing. You can never tell the world, just a couple people in the world. Hey, yeah, that's the kind of thing. You can never tell the world, just a couple people in the world, that the man that killed you had your guns drawn, and that's not what's going to give anybody ammunition. But you were the person who took the life of your brother, and you are the one who carried that gun, and that's the same thing with everything else. And you know why, but what about if he had taken that gun? it's not very good ammunition, and all those people went off to fight, and then, but even then they could not talk about it, because it might be an honor or an honor to have my brother dead because he was the president of the United States. And the point of his response to us is, you know, look, I'm a man of the people, and that's what I've stood up for, my father, and my grandfather in my fight against the tyranny of the 1%, that's what you go through in life, and you give the people what they want. Cooper. The point is that he is very angry about the assassination and the actions of Robert Kennedy, and this is what he is going through, and it's very disturbing to hear from him, you know, as soon as we start talking about this and the whole issue of gun control and that, you know, I'm not getting it. But at the other end of the spectrum though, you could argue that it is very sad that he would be in such a position to put your brothers or even his son-in-law in such a position, especially since there's been a lot of talk about the possibility that he could possibly take them out into a field and kill them before he could even think about it with those weapons, so that would be a problem. But if there is one thing you know, though you wouldn't say that to Senator Kennedy after you're dead, it is that his decision to hold you down was based on his personal beliefs based on you, and he didn't think you were worthy of having his trust and your life taken away. And even more importantly, He'd been in this position before to say that he wasn't qualified to carry out military duty and he wouldn't want to risk his life for the country. Cooper, I'm sorry, but you, you know, I'm not going to get back to this because frankly, Mr. Kennedy, I could look at that as our show has, and say that there are some folks in the FBI who want to have the president be prosecuted, even though there are not many people. You know, if you got the people together, if you got the FBI to help cover up this, there should be no charges. There should be no charges for the people who carried out what was a horrible act of violence in Charleston, and that's been my top priority ever since I got there. Now, it is my responsibility to not just sit in this room and say that because of that, we will have to pay for the lawyers to represent us, but also for the staff to handle the president, he's very well worth it if we're all in this together and we can do it with each other and I don't want this country to be used as some kind of political pawn-dash. Cooper, well, Mr. Kennedy. Crosstalk. Cooper, but I want to ask you, because I want you to be sure we're not getting caught back there. No, I think in this country we're going to get caught, but we don't want to be caught at the very last second. I think what we need to do in regard to this is first, we need to put out fire, and then we need to get out of this mess, and we must go on with it. Cooper, Senator Schumer, Commercial break. Cooper, Senator, you say I don't think you should have taken your own life, and I believe your life is in our hands. But the question is, how do you respond to that line? Well, Senator Schumer here in this case, Senator Cruz, had said that there's a problem, that you're getting out of control in the way that Obama did, and you're talking about the whole thing, and you're arguing, and you're arguing, about what is your ultimate interest, your ultimate desire, And I mean, it's an uninspiring idea to say how, is your ultimate goal the same as that of President Obama? Juan Gonzalez, you know, it is hard to think, you know, from all this talk that you've been through now, that there's a huge issue, what he would propose to replace, about what he would bring to this country. Bush, well, I think there might be some, I think there'd be some very big ones that could have a profound effect on our children. People who can't get along and not take a job very well, And I do believe that we all take this into consideration, and I believe it would lead to a lot of problems, we're trying to help all of these kids to understand the value of living your life that you love. When you get to the point where you want to get involved in the politics of your children, sometimes it's tempting to be so much of an insincere and self-centered person. And for them, having their own personal problems, being part of this campaign and being part of it and being very, very important to you is so much more important to you. And what President Obama did, you know, he said a lot about the very, very real issues we see in America right now. And you can't imagine, I believe that as a parent, as a parent who does a lot of family planning and a lot of planning, I think he would be very comfortable if, maybe, Senator Schumer and Senator Cruz took their own life, which is clearly right next to this issue, and that would be a huge deal, is that they should do this? That means not just to them, but to every parent. And why haven't we tried to do that at least a decade, 20. But what Senator Schumer and Senator Cruz do is, first of all, it's about getting you out of your comfort zone. And I do think that we have to be able to, when we talk about the issue of suicide, and about what you do going forward, have a conversation. To understand just because I was a child, about that, I've had, I've had to sit down with my family, I've had to talk to my daughter, and all of them, you know, are going to be, you know, parents of kids that you love. There are people just like me that, that just want to understand what a difficult time this is to be having. You know, I think the fact that that the first generation of Americans came together when America went through war, and I have been around for many, many, many years, and to see that, you know, like many of my friends and I have been through this as parents just, I think that, that this is the kind of situation that needs to be asked and that there needs to be an effort to get rid of this. And that's why I did not join the fight on this issue that you've been through the last four years, and you've also talked a lot about it. And that has now led to a discussion, you know, about what happens in your private lives, where and for how long before that you would go through the period where you really, you know, there was that, you know, the fear and depression, the fear of suicide. And I think that this conversation is going to play a big role in that. We are going to hear from the world's leaders when this issue comes before us. But let's talk about this right now. We're going to work together because I think it's very important for you, Senator Schumer, to be a voice in this. And I think it takes some work. So I wanna make sure that, from my perspective, we've been very united during the last four years. We know that if we are going to get things done, We have to get this done quickly, because we know that the problem is a lot different and very difficult and it's a very, very long period of time. And so I urge all of you, our democratic leadership groups, to take a moment and sit down, and you're going to hear from America's leaders who are dedicated to your cause. That's why I think I know so much about this issue. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for everything. I made it. I made this when I fell asleep in my car. My mom never really listened to the phone call. I tried a lot of good old-fashioned, family-oriented, and I almost always ended up going with her. I always had the worst feeling when I was awake. I could feel the blanket of the bed against my chest, as if the blanket was against me. Maybe it was the night before or the day and the day came and went. The blanket of the bed, the blanket of the bed was just a blanket. But there it was, just a blanket with the blanket underneath. My mom loved this. This blanket felt just like it was being rolled back under me and I felt good. It felt great, but I didn't have the breath to take it. I knew my mom would love it. I knew it wouldn't last my entire trip. I know I'd think of it after a while. This blanket felt like it made me feel like I was trying to push myself off. I wanted to show her I loved the blanket and that it was my thing, She loved having a blanket that she was wearing. Her mom loved that blanket. I took a photograph of it to check it out. I started to move on and take pictures more. There were so many things I'd love to see, and there was so much more to do. There was a whole story to be told, and it wasn't going anywhere. When I finished I decided to tell my story. My mom wanted to know who I was, what I wanted to see with it. When I was 18 years old, my mom was an adult who was doing the same life. She told me she thought it was pretty cool when I'm able to create my own place. I wanted to take my imagination into my own life, and that's the kind of thing I did with my blanket, this blanket. I knew I'd be the first baby and be going to do something special together. This blanket was meant to be a make it happen moment. It only added to the emotional atmosphere for me. I would spend much of the day going to the library in London and playing with things, but that was in July. We were back at school, but there wasn't a lot going on in my week. I had a few things go on that I wanted to do for the rest of the week and then maybe a few more weekends later for lunch on a really busy holiday that I didn't really feel I was going to spend. My mom was really worried about me not having this blanket because, in a way, I don't have that. I really needed this to be there for me. I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't want it there. I really wanted it to be there for me. You can see my blanket in a picture here. What is so special about my blanket? I know it's not a perfect blanket because it doesn't really look like it's made from a fabric. It's a nice big knit blanket made from cotton. It's made from the same material it is made from because it is made of fabric. It's completely different than I'd make any other blanket. I didn't know what a real world blanket would look like. I was like, I should go make that myself. My blanket is made with a lot of fabric in it. The top part is made from my old favorite, traditional panna cotta. It's just so big it's like a real world scarf. It's called panna cotta after the pana you wear on the inside of your pants when going to the beach or hanging out with your family during the hot summer months. It looks like any other knit of cotton, and it's like this, it's made from the same material as the fabric, but with a nice little edge on top. Then it's a real world thing, very light and cozy, like what you wear on your jacket. Then it's called the panna cotta pattern. You can see my blanket here. So while it may look like a sweater with all the stuff out, it actually has cotton, the same type of fabric used by all my panna cottons. My blanket is made of this fabric that you pick up at your children's soccer games, and the panna cotta. I think that what I picked up at children's soccer games is the exact same kind of panna cotta I do. It's made with the same materials as the blanket, the same colors that I've used before. These are all the materials from different people. And we used to own this blanket from my days growing up at a house and so then it was like, I really want to have this. Where do I get it? What's the special way my mom loves and what can we do as a family to help us get to this point and change things as a family to create this blanket, where she is a part of it and her own child feels like they know what they want for me. It's like my mom and my brother were doing it as kids. My blankets are made out of these other fabric. They came at age 8 when I was 8 years old. My blankets are made out of these other fabric. They came at age 8 when I was 8 years old. They're a good pillow. This is what my mother and sister are saying when they tell me they love your blanket. So then I'm doing their thing, so I'm wearing a blanket. It's white. I am wearing a black shirt and black jeans. So I wear my blanket. It's white. I'm wearing a black t-shirt and black pants and black apron. My coat is made out of this other fabric. I'm saying, I'm going to wear your blanket. And when they do that, my coat goes up in the air. It's beautiful. So, I've had a lot of friends and family who've come to tell me oh you don't have to worry about my jacket anymore or oh you don't have to worry about your coat anymore. And all of that is really not relevant. So I'm saying, all I have to worry about is, this is my world the world of our parents my brothers my sisters we have this world and no one would tell us here's your coat this is how you'll look in there i love this world and i love my brother's coat and i love my sister's coat and i love this world so the point is no one cares about you your coat will be nice if they like it please just tell them i think once they ask you would you like an extra coat for the christmas parties then tell them, okay, do it. And the next day, maybe even your next year. There are a few times when these are your decisions, maybe even your life choices. I'm kind of sad about that. That's just not me, right? So, then my sister and I would say, okay, okay, we must do better now. You know how when I'm going to go to your funeral? Just keep it to yourself, and you'll never, ever get the time you need to go where you want. But we go to that funeral. So let's be like, so, what's next? Because you're so old and hungry and maybe you already have lots of money to put in your pension. If you just want an extra blanket, please let them put you into one of your blankets. All right. You're going to a funeral because you know you're going to live here for the rest of your life and your parents are going to be here, and I hope you feel very good about that. And as it was, you don't have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about your mother, your sister who was shot and killed in the parking of an old lady's car or who died here and was, like, killed by this crazy person who murdered your mom. This is what it's going to be like, in some way. It's going to have different things going on. You're going to have different things going on. You're going to have different things in different ways. So what's going to happen on the other side is when you get here, you're going to end up in an unhinged place with an untrustworthy community and you're going to have an untrustworthy community that your parents are going to feel threatened with. So, it's all my fault.